Strategic Hot Box with Dr. Brandy Love Stankovic. Discussing leadership, business, and how to take control of your life and achieve greatness. It's time to kick some ass. Hey, y'all, it's your girl, Dr. Brandy Stankovic, and we're here on the Strategic Hot Box. Welcome, hello, and you'll notice something a little different. So this is the first time we're even trying this out, this whole virtual quarantine hot box podcast thing, and I'm kind of liking it because I'm standing here in my house. You don't even see if I'm wearing anything this way. I'm barefoot. I am wearing pants. Don't anybody worry, but I'm, I'm barefoot. It's, it's excellent, and the topic for today is what's normal? which I think is absolutely perfect for everything that's happening in our lives. And we have a very special guest today, Liz Winninger is joining us to talk a little bit about what business looks like in this crazy environment. So let's get started. What's normal is, is exactly what I'm asking myself, what the new normal will be after all of this plays out. What does normal look like when I'm homeschooling children and I'm trying to get some work done and I have colleagues that forget to mute themselves or forget to unmute themselves and all of these video calls that we're doing. And at the Strategic Hot Box, here we're having the same conversations, we're having the same quarantine filming to bring you this hotbox here live that's happening with our friend Liz. And we're still gonna learn, we're still gonna love, and we're still gonna kick ass because that's what it takes in any environment, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's just a change of anything, we're, we're diving into our business continuity plans or a disaster recovery. We gotta just figure it out and throw out the term normal of what used to be normal. And I think that everybody keeps talking about when things get back to normal. And my challenge for everybody listening and watching us today is things may not be the way we used to have them ever again, both from a, how we conduct business to the economy, to the tolerance of different individuals in different situations. I'm not even sure I want to like kind of hug people anymore. I, didn't, I barely wanted to hug people before this all happened, right? And so now, what does it even mean after the fact? So nonetheless, it is, it is shifting our perspective, no doubt about it. I want to share that. I actually went to the United Kingdom, uh, and I haven't spoken about this on social media or anything considering that's happening, but I went to the United Kingdom at the beginning of March, and we knew that some of this COVID-19 and pandemic was unfolding, but it certainly was not to the level that it is today or that all of us have experienced over the last couple of months. And when I left, there were only just a handful of cases that were occurring in the U.S. And then while I was there, there, all everything began to unfold. And as a matter of fact, a couple of days before I came back, the restrictions came out in the United States about um, no travel from Europe. And then, and I had been in France and the United Kingdom, and then no travel from the United Kingdom closed on that Sunday. That Sunday night. Then I actually came home on Sunday. And we were rerouted and put through LAX and all this, you know, threats of additional screening, which didn't occur, to be honest. And all of these different things happened. And then I get dropped into the middle of this. And all everybody around me had seen it unfold and I felt I had been dropped in the sheer panic that was occurring and so figuring out how to take 
care of my family, figuring out how to take care of my kids, making sure that we have toilet paper, uh, making sure that we continue to build business and serve institutions was, was wildly overwhelming for me. And I'm sure that several of us on this call um, or in this watching this podcast, seeing the video can, can relate to that. And I think that doing business, although prior, if you had asked us three months ago, what does this mean? Are you ready for disaster? I think a good portion of proactive businesses would have said yes. But it's hard, you know, that disasters never come in a predictable way. And suddenly requiring all employees to be out of the office or no one to be serving is, it was a big adjustment for a lot of institutions, not only financially, but in how we're doing business from day to day. Now, there's no doubt about it that humans are resilient, that as human beings, we will figure it out. And I am seeing a sense of community and relationships growing more so than I have in the past. And I have shared on the podcast that my team is, is somewhat a good portion of the team are working remote anyway. So the whole idea of home offices or having those kinds of means were already in place. So I was fortunate in my division specifically, that isn't true across the entire organization, although we were able to employ that very quickly. The other side of that, though, is I feel like I'm talking to them more today than I was prior to this. And it is showing me that that the world is changing and maybe I needed to be speaking to them more often and maybe we needed to be employing some different uh, programs or capabilities that are already there, like a video chat, like a you know Zoom-esque environment to be able to have some of the conversations that we need to have. So in order to discuss this and really to dig into it, I wanted to bring a longtime friend and colleague to us and formally introduce her to you. This is Liz Winninger. She is the CEO of Extend, and she is running an organization that does a lot of outreach to financial services. She's got her bachelor's in kinesthesia. No kinesiology. I, I practiced that word and I still screwed it up. Kinesiology and exercise science. So she is an athlete at heart. She's a board member of Variable Ventures. She's a former figure skater. And so if you get her with just the right amount of cocktails, so can I even say that? I don't even know if I could say that. She's not on there, uh, on here yet, but then maybe we can get her to reenact some of that. And she's also a wife of a pretty uh, amazing husband and she's an amazing wife herself and a mommy, which I absolutely love. So please join me in welcoming Liz Winninger to join us here. Hey, Liz. Hello. How's so going? I, I let the cat out of the bag all the, already with uh, the whole having a couple cocktails thing. <laughs> That's all right. I, I haven't had many yet, so I won't do any double F for you guys or anything yet. <laughs> Darn it. Okay. Well, maybe next time. Um, so before we dig into this topic of this new normal or what's normal, tell us a little bit about you and your leadership journey. Well, um, I, I think a lot of um, a lot of my leadership is based on being an athlete. Um, I've been an, I was I've been a figure skater since I was three, and I've been a coach for the last twenty years. I coach figure skating and hockey, and a lot of the lessons that I've learned in that I applied in my leadership. Um, you know treat people well is one of them as far as teamwork, um, consistency, um, making sure that you're clear in what you're trying to coach someone in. Um, and, and in coaching, you know, in coaching figure skating, I always knew that if an athlete fell down and hated falling down, they weren't going to be a very good figure skater. And I think I apply a lot of that to leadership as well. 
um, I didn't, I don't think that I, in my journey as a CEO, I didn't realize how much I would be leaning on that, on being an athlete and the lessons that I learned. Um, being a CEO, you know, you, um, you think that you, you get there and there's all of a sudden this magical book that someone's going to share with you on um, here's the secrets to being a CEO. And it's so much different than it was being a manager or a VP or any level of an organization. But really, all of them are exactly the same. It's just like working with my my son right now. We're trying to teach him how to cough into his sleeve. And um, <laughs> it's, it's a challenge. He's one and a half. Um, but it's that consistency with him. It's catching it quickly, having the conversation right now. Um, I used to call it in skating swift and severe. You would correct the behavior now and cor and correct it immediately so that it was not going to hang out there for a while. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the cough uh, over to the side because as you were talking, I needed to cough a little and I'm like, this is the worst time in the world to cough, not only like on live, but here in front of everybody. And so I think uh, those of you that are watching probably caught me like dipping my head down to, uh, to do just that. So that's it. I think you know, that what I love, go ahead. I was just going to say that's something that I think we all need to kind of get used to is people coughing in the workplace. It's going to happen and we're going to work with people who are sick now, sick in the future, and maybe not COVID, but it's something that we're all going to have to get used to. So yes, we're all sensitive to it right now. I have allergies. I, I didn't come to work one day. I worked from home because I was concerned that people were going to think that I had COVID, uh, but it, it's definitely something that we're all going to have to get used to. Yeah, no doubt about it. Not carry around Lysol, uh, you know, spraying at, at different people. And allergies are certainly a thing. And that's it. It really is. It's becoming like a new way of profiling or or even discriminating in some sense against different individuals. So we'll have to be sensitive to that. What are you? What do you? What's your train of thought in regards to this crisis and the impact that it's having on our normal? You know, at first, when we, we started this, I was kind of in the situation that you were. I, I was in New Orleans, which is, seems to have started as almost an epicenter for this in the United States. And I got back and while I was there, I didn't have any conversations about COVID at all, not that I can remember. Mm -hmm. And I knew when I got back, we started talking about it a little bit. You started hearing about things overseas. And I just knew that in, in each step, we knew as an organization that we wanted to be ahead of the government. If anything, just be ahead of the government. That was kind of our rule of thumb. So we started by saying, you know what? Everybody who is here, we need to send them home. They've worked from home before. They know how to work independently and they have that access, the technology to do so. And that gave us the ability to spread out um, within the suite, within our, our building. Mm. And then we, we just repeated it over and over again until we got to a point where we knew shelter in place was going to then go into effect and we didn't have to rush into it. So. Uh, headed into everything and, and even as we start to come out of this uh, more than likely our governor today is going to announce that shelter in place will remain in effect through april but whether she lifted it on tuesday or not i um, have already talked to my staff to say we're not going to all of a sudden just come out and go back to normal as you said there isn't going to be a normal and and we just have to get comfortable with that so we're looking at like a, a 30 to a 60 day almost a wind back. And then mm. what normal might look like is, you know, we practice tornado drills, fire drills, and those happen now. They happen, um, it, it's gonna, you know, it takes you 10 minutes, your team walks out of the building, or if it's a tornado drill, you know, you walk downstairs, and then you come back to your desks. 
we're going to start seeing more organizations do uh, pandemic drills where they wind into it and it lasts two weeks or a week and then they wind out of it. And I, I hope that more organizations do that. I know that we're going to do that and it's going to help us be prepared for the next one when or if that happens. I think that what the point that you're bringing up is a really important one. And for those institutions that are listening and are thinking about getting back to normal, being really cognizant of that easier way into things. It's it's similar, and I don't know why I'm making this relation, but I'm going to. It's similar to when we have a baby, right? A woman has a baby and she goes out on maternity leave. It's not like you can just pop back into the office like you did before you're pregnant. Like I am just nor the back to normal. And I think there's so many differences in life, the way that we live life, the way that our bodies can handle and all of that, that in maternity that plays a big role. Well, I think in this particular case, what I loved about what you said is it's coming back into it knowing that you'll have to ease your way in, relearn or learn new ways of doing business and, and be prepared with the way that relationships will happen with clients and colleagues as well. Yeah, that's a, uh, I would totally agree with that. You know, when you, it's a great analogy when you have a child, because when you have a child, you head into it very naively. I, I know I did. I remember um, I had a board member who just kept saying, sure, Liz, sure, you're going to be back in four weeks. Sure, you're going to, you know, all those things that I was like, I'm not going to be that lady. I'm not going to be that mom. And and I didn't realize how quickly I would learn. One, yes, you love something so much, but you learn a, so many lessons very quickly. Mm -hmm. Yes, you, um, you didn't realize you could run such little sleep, but it's, um, priorities just shift for you. And I and I totally think that's a perfect analogy that you use because it is over that course of time and the longer that it goes on and we know that it's not going to end immediately. It, we're still going to have some, some time with this. The longer it goes on, the more of a habit it creates for our entire country. And we've seen mm -hmm. some remarkable things happen in how people are communicating. I also, um, I, I feel like I'm talking to my employees more than I have mm -hmm. before. And, and maybe it's not the actual conversation, but we're getting meatier faster. And what I mean is like, we're getting to the problem much quicker. We don't have time to waste in all of the niceties. And that doesn't mean I'm, we're not also having very respectful conversations, but it means that we just don't have time to walk out of a meeting and not have the conversation in it or make the decision now. Right. So that that almost the, um, the barrier or the, the distance between knowing what to do and doing it is shortening for all of us. So decision mm. decision making has been huge for us. I love that. And that's a, an important gap to shorten, to be honest, right? I mean, how often do you leave a meeting? Everybody's like, yep. And then nothing happens till the next, you know, past the next meeting or something. So I, I love that, that, that concept of that. I think that when it comes to this also is there will be things that we strategies that we employ now that should carry forward. Like we've had a couple all staff or all division calls, those types of things to make sure everybody's on the same page. And I would love to have that continue when things are different or we're back into working from the office and things like that. We spoke a little bit about being a mom. What's been the biggest concern for you in this environment as a mom? You know, I I thought I would, it's probably my biggest concern is that I'm not concerned about my family first. That's something I should probably be concerned about. I should probably put my family first. And you did first. just say live on the uh, on the hotbox. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> What's that? 
I said, and you did just say that, and it's captured forever live, you know, on the hot box now too. Yes, my my family is going to know that I don't think of them first. But honestly, when I when I, it seems that I've I've been able to find, let's say, I get caught in a situation I don't know what to what to do next. I often think about my employees first. Um, it's not that I love my employees more than my family. It just seems to be that um, as a whole, if I'm making the right decisions for my employees, I'm making the right decision for my family. It's not that I put one before the other. And I think a lot of um, leaders look at that as well. They look at what their who their stakeholders are. And that's going to be your employees. That's going to be your clients, your owners. That's going to be your partners. And in in times like this, when we say a decision made for one is not is clearly not the best for all. So keeping all of them in mind as we make a decision, you can't make a wrong decision as you move forward. I heard a, a quote recently that really resonated with me and it was um, I reading this great book and the author said, I stopped asking for directions from people who had never been there before. And how perfect is that for right now when no one has ever been where all of us are? So being concerned as a leader about making the wrong choice, as long as you have those stakeholders in mind, be it your family, be it your neighborhood, your community, you can't make a wrong decision. And looking back, you're gonna, we're gonna trip up. I'm gonna have moments. I've had a mini breakdown um, one one time. I shed a tear, and uh, and I forgave myself and I walked out of there with my head high and no tears in my eyes and a smile on my face because I knew that the people outside of my office, my employees needed to see that, um, needed that energy from me. They needed the positive smile and they needed the, how's it going? Are you safe? How's your family? They need that right now. Absolutely. And the human aspect of it. And I was hassling you, you know, in the way that you like thinking of employees first and that kind of thing, but it is that you're also the leader and the lead and the employees are going to look to you to make the tough decisions. And that's part of what, what's happening now too, is that some leaders are shying away from having to make decisions for the greater whole of the, of the organization, of the stakeholders, of the members. And because of that, will end up in a worse case than if they were to be a bit more proactive and, and make some of those decisions. And I love the concept of, of keeping everything in mind and being human as we do it. I was on a all staff call recently and one of my colleagues was in the midst of giving his update and while he did that, uh, you could tell there's commotion. You couldn't see it, but you could hear commotion of children. And I know exactly what that sounds like. And so it was coming around and then all of a sudden he puts himself on mute and he goes, and all he saw was like his mouth moving and him like directing what was happening. And I, I just, I loved every second of it. I even said during my, my, my update, I just like, I saw, I know now that you make the same parent face that I make and it just made him more human. And this, this, everything that's occurring and all the, the negativity that's happening, there's some beautiful human moments that are happening in it as well. Yeah, that, I think that as, as a leader, that's so important is that makes us approachable, which is one of the biggest values can, you can have as a leader um, by your employees knowing, you know, going back to having a child. Um, I don't think that I had the empathy that I have now for my employees or for any human who is a parent. Um, at any time and being able to have that and, and see yourself in someone else is, is so important for us. I don't know if you saw that. Um, it was a news story this week. Somebody 
turn themselves into a potato accidentally on a Zoom call and they didn't know how to get it off, so they just had the whole Zoom <laughs> call as a potato. I haven't seen that, but those backgrounds drive me insane. Oh, that, yeah. that should be a policy. No, no potato backgrounds on the, although my kids love it when they do their FaceTimes and things. I, I literally have offered my seven-year-old to anybody that's having technical difficulties, let me just get my first grader in here because he seems to have everything completely figured out, I tell you. Um, so what do you yeah. think, uh, what could people be doing more of, or what do you wish you were doing more of when we are in this isolation or quarantine environment? That one's a hard one. I think we're all in very different positions. I've got some friends or family who are out of jobs. I've got some who are still have their jobs, but are in quarantine and they're not able to work from home. Some who are able to work from home some who are teachers and we're holding down their jobs. So it's multiple jobs and hats that they have. I guess the biggest thing that I've seen is that um, it seems like something is telling us all to slow down a little bit. Um, we've, I don't know if you've seen that the air is cleaner in China or size. Mm -hmm. um, there, was a, there was a lady who studies earthquakes and she noticed that the, she always knew when the train came at the same time every day. And, she didn't know the difference between that and when the earth was actually moving and now everything is quiet and so it was exciting to see when the earth was moving on its own and so wow. i'd say um nothing in this whole situation is going to be fair for any of us what what one employee or one person might say it's not fair that they're home kid it's not fair that they get to work from home um in many of our situations uh, we would I know that I have, um, I know some people who would say, I would rather be in that office, but my immune system does not allow me to be. I would way rather have not have this disease or um, have cancer a year ago or something like that. So I'd say it's just being thankful for where we're at um, and looking around a minute. Um, I know this week I had one of my favorite moments that I've had in a long time. My son and my husband and I were sitting on the couch and my son, I don't think he's ever seen a lightning and thunderstorm and we had the windows open we're all sitting on the couch with our dogs and watching this storm roll through and it was it was my favorite moment and i don't know if i don't think that would have happened on a normal at a in a normal time uh, when my phone was out i probably would have had my laptop open you know you have like six screens in front of you as you're trying to get your kid to bed something like that and so that's been my my favorite moment through all of the moment. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I think that those moments of, of stillness are, are really powerful. And and we urge anybody that's listening and watching to have those moments here. Take them while we can have them, right? Whatever the situation is, yeah. whether you're an essential worker or you're going into the office. If you could leave everyone with a bold action item or takeaway, what would it be? I would say my bold action item is to do small things. Um, I am, uh, I truly believe that leaders separate themselves in the in-between moments, the small things that people don't see, the um, calls that you might have with a member that reassures them about something in their life that uh, has nothing to do with financial services. So I'd say it's, I do small things to add up to the big things to prove yourself as a leader and don't, don't underestimate the small things as any leader within your organization, even if you are not a CEO, if you're all the way down to whatever that looks like in your organization. Um, 
see yourself as a leader and see yourself as an entrepreneur. And this is the time to get creative. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, quick response on these ones. Uh, I'm going to give you an either or. I just want to hear your response. Sweat, sweatpants okay. or yoga pants? Sweatpants. <laughs> Soap and water or hand sanitizer? Hand sanitizer. Oh, I'm with you on that. Quarantine or group hugs? Quarantine. <laughs> yeah, I do that. <laughs> but I'm going to be dying for some hugs after this, I think. The world would be a better place if... If we all just tried to see something from our, our next door neighbor's point of view. I love that. If people wanted to get a hold of you, how could they do that? Um, you can go to our website. It's extendcu.com. You can give us a call at 616-285-5711. Or you can email me at liz.winninger at extendcu.com. And I would love to help anybody who feels like they maybe don't have a network out there. We have a huge network here and we have so many people who are willing to help out. So if you feel like you don't have that wherever you are, um, reach out to me and I, I would love to help. I'd love to connect you with anybody who can help you. Thank you so much. I loved our conversations today. They flew by. Please send love to Pete and your little dude and stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you, you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's head out to the shout out. Hi, you're listening to Brandy on the Strategic Hot Box. You know, you might recognize a couple of those faces or both those faces, Paul and Tyler. Thank you for the shout out. It also like reminds me of that, you know, that emoji where it's like the hand and face. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I was shaking my head, uh, listening to their, their, you can't even understand what they're saying, but thank you for the shout out, both of you. And thank you very much to Liz Winninger for sharing her perspective. Sounds like her organization has been on the forefront of, of being out, being able to work virtually, being able to meet their own clients and members needs. And our organization, have been very fortunate with that as well. So if there are those of you who that hasn't been the case and you do want any support or advice, please feel free to reach out to Liz or myself and we'd be happy to support you through this, through this time and through this new normal that all of us are facing. So now it's my favorite time, your favorite time. Let's kick some ass. Let's head out to our top three, kick ass. So when facing a crazy, unpredictable world, here are some things you have to do. Number one, Think beyond yourself. Liz said it in a really beautiful way of thinking about your team, think about your, your family, and all of that at the same time. It's a balance of everyone. It's not like you could do one or the other or think about one before the other. It's really everybody is in this and think beyond us and how it impacts us as well as how it impacts the people that we're serving and how we can then impact others. And I'm sure you've seen some news and media out there about it isn't you that would be unhealthy by going out in public. It's the other individuals that might be a bit more vulnerable that you could be endangering. And so thinking beyond ourselves. Number two, make tough decisions and make them quicker. And I have urged all the institutions that I work with and for to say, 
if you think in the future, do some shock testing, do some profitability analysis of how long could you survive in this environment and be ready and start making those decisions now. So we're not being reactive in the future of having to make staffing decisions of having to make cuts in different areas, expense reductions, because of the fact that the income is making such a, or been impacted so greatly. So make those tough decisions, have the conversations right now. And number three is don't stop, won't stop. It's just our idea of no matter what's occurring in the world, know that we will get through it and we will get through it together. Those of you that are, are old enough to remember the different downturns of the economy and different times and our impact that it's had on the world, this is a time for us to create synergy and work with one another. So don't stop, you can't stop. That's your top three, kick ass. Thank you again to Liz Winninger for being here and for, for working with us in this new virtual environment. We are adapting here at the Strategic Hotbox. So thank you to those of you that are listening as well as watching. For those of you that are listening, you're like, what are they even talking about? You don't get to see all the coolness that's happening behind us in our offices or our home offices. And for those of you that are watching, then it's fun to shake it up a little, is it not? That's what we do here on the Hotbox. We learn, we love, and we kick ass. As always, you can reach out to us on social media, especially if you need anything in this environment, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anywhere, or our website, strategichopbox.com, and we are here for you. Until I see you again, please stay healthy, please stay safe, and get out there and kick some ass.